Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we will have Monsignor Charles Mangan here to tell us about his call to the priesthood. Uh, always a good conversation with Monsignor Mangan. He um, left the diocese just recently, so we wanted to get this uh, on the air for you before he's gone too long. We could never forget him anyway. But That's right. And, and Still priest of the diocese. Just absolutely. <laughs> he's just been borrowed. He's been lent out yes, for a short time, yes, right. and he will be back. But it's a really good story, and uh, he's just always lovely to talk to. So first we have Dr. Bergwald here with us. Now, last week, Renee, you sang I the did. jingle. But now I don't remember how it goes. No, See, we that's we fine. literally recorded that like five minutes ago. That's and true. Oh, you, I don't remember. Just, just oh. to give away there. Oh. The veil has been lifted. Oh, the the fourth wall <laughs> broken. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> the man behind the, is Bill. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so we just recorded. So, Renee, what Sunday is it? I today? know it's the 18th <laughs> Sunday in ordinary time. I still don't know what gospel it is, but I'm going to guess John. Oh, please, you're going to guess. Is it Mark this time? No, it's John. Okay. You know that. <laughs> don't act. You didn't tell me. Okay. Were you, yeah, he did. He did. Were you not oh, paying see, attention? I, no, for, I told you I have no memory. That's true. That's really bad. Yes. Hi, Renee. Can I have to call me 10 second Tom? So, so yes, <laughs> we are in the 18th Sunday in order time. Uh, yeah, we, we talked. So for the listeners who maybe weren't listening last week, unlike my partner in crime here, apparently also wasn't. So if you didn't hear last week's uh, year B is uh, the year it's, uh, in which we normally hear from Mark's gospel, mm-hmm. but because Mark is the shortest, this is a time. So late summer, um, the teens in terms of ordinary time, uh, 18th Sunday in ordinary time this week. It's when we start to hear from John six um, in particular. So it's the sixth chapter of John's gospel, which is again about the bread of life discourse. Yes. It's my favorite. So begins with the, um, uh, the miracle of the loaves and fishes, which we heard from last Sunday and goes on. But what I want to talk about this week, because we're sort of, we're not yet to the point where Jesus starts telling people that they're going to have to eat him to have eternal life. We're right. not there yet. Right. Um, <clears throat> at the end of the gospel, Jesus is talking about um, the bread that uh, Moses had given the people. Um, my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God. Bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst. So he's starting to move towards talking mm-hmm. about the Eucharist, but not there yet. So what I want to actually talk about. So <clears throat> do you remember where the first reading is from today, Renee? Uh, yeah, cheater. Well, Ephesians? That's the second. The second. Oh, sorry. The first reading. Mm. Mm. No. Bill? Bill? It's about Moses. I can tell you that. Oh, it's probably something about that. You did look at so wow. it's, So it's Exodus then. Yes, it is from Exodus. Could be Numbers, Leviticus, or Deuteronomy. True. But, it, it but it's got to be something about the manna in the desert. Boom. Ding, 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 okay. ding. Well done. So yeah, it's about the, the, the Israelites complaining, would that we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt as we sat by our flesh pots. This is the tone they used when they were talking. <laughs> Uh, and ate our fill of bread, but you had to lead us into this desert to make the whole community die of famine. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will now rain down bread from heaven for you. Each day the people are to go out and gather the daily portion. Da, 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 da. So the manna, mm-hmm. and the word manna comes from the Hebrew word for what is it? Because like, what is They right. saw it like, manna, <laughs> what is it? Um, the psalm is Psalm 78. And the refrain is the, what we say um, or what is sung by the cantor, the Lord gave them bread from heaven. And one of the verses from Psalm 78, 
Man ate the bread of angels, food he sent them in abundance, and he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain his right-handed one. And before that, he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained manna upon them for food and gave them heavenly bread. So, uh, and then, yeah, the second reading is from Ephesians. But the reason I wanted to go back, look at the gospel, but then go back to the first reading uh, in the psalm is because what we see here is the continuity in God's plan from old mm-hmm. to new. Mm-hmm. So everything, the, the, the saying, St. Augustine um, uh, said this saying, because <laughs> that's what you do with sayings. Right. You, you, you say, say them. them. Um, the Old Testament, the, the New Testament is hidden in the old and the old is revealed, revealed in, in the new. Mm-hmm. So when you, and, and I talked about this um, in in the apologetics column, there's a question about the, the biblical nature of Catholic teaching, mm-hmm. uh, about how you see this beautiful unfolding of the plan that's there in the old, reaching its culmination in the new. Mm-hmm. So what conversely, what that means, so the new is hidden in the old, everything that Jesus, much of what Jesus said, we actually find anticipated, foretold, mm-hmm. prophesied in the old. So, the 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 Eucharist, the, the miracles in general that we read about last week, heard about last week, the Eucharist, you all see it sort of foreshadowed, foreshadowed in the Old Testament. So um, the Exodus account, the man in the desert, the psalm talking about the manna is all, it, it, those things are things that happened, but they themselves, the events that we read in the Old Testament, so many of them point towards things that Jesus would do to come. Right. Are you there? You look like you. No. Okay. Nope. So, so what I, why am I highlight? So what we're seeing and, and, and so the church beautifully shows us this. She doesn't highlight, like there's no, nothing our priest said. The priest didn't say the lector didn't say now the common theme this week is the Eucharist, but simply if you're paying attention, you see these themes repeated. Yeah. I'm excited to get to the rest of the bread of life discourse. Thanks Dr. B. You bet. All right, in the studio with me today is Monsignor Charles Mangan. He is uh, not, probably by the time you hear this, he probably is no longer in our diocese. He is in Maryland, in the Baltimore diocese. Um, Monsignor Mangan, tell me again where you're teaching. I'm teaching, Renee, at Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland. That's how bad my memory is, because you told me that like 10 minutes ago, and... (laughs) I should have written it down. I'm so sorry. Okay, <laughs> um, no uh, Monsignor is here with us today to tell us his story of his call to the priesthood. We've had several priests on lately, mostly younger priests, um, to tell us their story. And Monsignor Mangan has been around quite a while, and I've been around him quite a while, and I have no idea what his story is. So I'm really looking <laughs> forward to hearing it. Um First, will you kind of start with telling us um, where you grew up, about your family, just some basic things like that? Yes. I was born in Madison, Minnesota in 1962 on St. Valentine's Day, and the second of six children to my dad, Joe, and my mother, Gertrude. And um, we moved to Aberdeen in 1964, so we were all very young. Okay. Um, and I grew up in Aberdeen uh, and was a member of Sacred Heart Parish and then uh, went to 12 years of Catholic school in Aberdeen, okay. at first at Sacred Heart and then Ron Colley Junior High School and Ron Colley High School. Sure. Uh, graduated in 1980. Okay. So 
Aberdeen is my home and um, that's, uh, that's the town that I knew the best. Sure. And you have the same birthday as the bishop. Yes, the bishop and I are have the same birthday. You know, when he came to the diocese, I wanted to tell him, though I never got close enough at that time to tell him, that I was three years his superior, oh. meaning that I was uh, born three years before he, sure. but that I was going to tell them after the 13th of February of last year, I was no longer his superior. Right. <laughs> Have you, did you ever get to tell him that? Because he no, would probably I enjoy have. that. I still have to tell him that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he would enjoy that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so um, did you have a plan for your life before? Like, were you planning on going to college for something? What were, what were your thoughts before you decided to go to the priesthood seminary? Well, Renee, I, was, I would say I was quite young when I started thinking about the priesthood. I was in grade school. Okay. Um, and um, we had the presentation sisters of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so we had a lot of sisters around. I knew the priests at Sacred Heart very well um, and started to serve Mass when I was in the fifth grade um, and had a lot of contact with priests and sisters. I really thought that that was what I was called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went through grade school and got to high school, and that was really, I thought, I think God wants me to do this. Well, um, when I got to be a senior in high school, um, Monsignor, well, then Father Steve Barnett had just become the principal at Roncalli High School, okay. and he called me Tiger. That was his name for, for me. Tiger? Uh, Tiger. <laughs> that seems, that does not fit you at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was probably, uh, probably until he got to know my name, right. <laughs> um, but uh, he called me Tiger. Well, then um, he uh, said to me, um, you know, uh, he said, you like music and uh he said, you know, you could stay in Aberdeen at Northern and study music before you go to the seminary. Mm-hmm. And I told him years later, I said, I always remembered that advice. And he said to me, he said, you know, he, he said, I always thought I gave you the right advice. Um, and so I had four more years at home, which was, I look back now and those were beautiful years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, though I would have to say for any young men hearing this program, um, I think I would hesitate to give that advice insofar as, and as Bishop Dudley, who came to our diocese around that time, said, the seminary is the best place to discern your priestly vocation, and right. I agree. So are you saying that you graduated from high school and then you waited four years before you went to seminary? Yes. Oh, I my was goodness, at I uh, Northern State College those days, okay. Northern State yeah. College, now Northern State University, yeah. uh, and studied music. Okay. Um, so I was, I was active in the Newman Center. I was active in my parish show. I was doing things. I was attending mass, receiving the sacraments. Um, but, you know, I would just say I probably would tend to give different advice, mm-hmm. uh, which would be, you know, if you really think this is what God call, is calling you to, uh, it's good, I think, to go and discern that. Right. I think it probably can be difficult not to get off the right track or to get off rather the right track. Um, you know, and, and again, it's about discerning. So, but you know, if one is really thinking of the priesthood, I agree, it's best to go to the seminary to discern that. Right. So, but in my case, yeah. in my case, it worked out and, and, you know, Father Barnett was insightful and, and I thanked him for his kindness to me and his interest in me. 
Um, and um, and I had wonderful priests around Aberdeen Sacred Heart. Yeah. And I got to know the priests across the tracks at St. Mary's too. Um, so, you know, I was very, very helped and very, felt very blessed by God. Yeah. So what made you finally decide to go to seminary just because you graduated from college and you thought, hey, that's the next thing? Or was there was there something that happened? You I'm know, not setting when you I up because I don't know. <laughs> yes. When I went to college, Renee, I knew the plan was that I would end up in the seminary. Okay. So when I was studying music, I knew that was what I was planning to do. And even when I went to student teach, I was in music education and all that. I knew, look, this is great. But it's all uh, to give way to the seminary, right? Right. Um, so that so it was not anything that happened in college. I think it was the formative years earlier. Sure. So, what did your family think of you going to the seminary? Was that, it sounds like this was just like this was going to happen, and you knew early. So, did your family know too? Yes, they knew, and I think they always. Um, I think they liked it. I think they thought it was good. I remember my dad said, who's now deceased, may you rest in peace. He said, um, now remember, you're not doing this for your mother and me. Right. And he he made that clear to me several times. And I said, no, dad, I'm not doing this only for that. I mean, I'm happy that they seem to be pleased. But but for me, it was, an, it was truly an inner call. Right. That's good. Because yeah. yeah, going for the parents it, probably won't, won't work has, out. You know what, Renee? It has to be. Right. It has to be an inner call because if it's not or pleasing someone else or whatever, it's just not right. Right. Did you have any fears about going to the cemetery? A cemetery. Oh, my God. The seminary? I do have fears going to the cemetery I, insofar as I hope God will accept me in my faults. Yes, I do. Um, but we're working those out in fear and trembling. Yes. So, um, But, you know, as far as going to the seminary, I would say... You know, for me, the biggest thing was leaving home. Sure, I, I didn't didn't like the prospect of leaving home. It's all I knew. I was 22 years at home. I loved it. Uh, that was my life. Um, so I wasn't enamored by leaving home. Yeah. Um, and I would say, actually, my first year, and I've never, I don't think I've ever publicly admitted this. Oh, I don't no. mind <laughs> admitting it. But I think my first year was... Um, it was a bit of a struggle, not about becoming a priest. Right. It was just, I, I didn't know that I really fit in that. Uh, it was just so different than what sure. I'd been used to. Sure. You know, and I was 400 miles from home, which in these days isn't very long, but, you know, mm -hmm. I suppose uh, almost, well, uh, 35 years ago, that probably seemed longer. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so... Uh, but truly, I I liked it. I liked the seminary. I liked being in the seminary and going to mass and being with the other seminarians. I liked a lot. But I think it was, it was a little adjustment for me to leave home. Sure. Uh, where you did know? you go to seminary? Yes, I went to Winona, Immaculate Heart of Mary okay. Seminary. In those days, if you had been through uh, college on your own, then you had to go for a one year, what was called the special year. It was a pre-theology year. Oh, okay. Now it's two years. The American bishops changed that. It's now two years, but we had to do things like um, philosophy classes, Latin, uh, some of those classes as prerequisites to get into studying theology. Right, right. Uh, if you just joined us, we are talking to Monsignor Charles Mangan about his call to the priesthood. 
Um, okay. Now, Monsignor, if I, were you in Rome during part of your seminary time or was that later? That was later, okay. actually. Okay. Um, uh, after I was ordained three years later, Bishop Dudley sent me to Rome to study canon law. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what I but, couldn't, couldn't remember yes. what it was. So. That's right. So I was not like some of our seminarians who go to Rome and do their four years at the Pontifical North American College. Right, right. That would be great, we wouldn't do, it? Well, that's beautiful, <laughs> yes. And there's certainly blessings about that, and I suppose some challenges too. Sure. But but um, it's uh, many of our men have really liked it there, yes. Right. All right. So you were ordained what year? 1989. 89. Okay. Um, which bishop would that have been? Bishop Dudley. Dudley, okay. Is there yeah. anything that stands out from your ordination day? Well, you know, it was the 29th of June, so it was the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul. It was extremely hot. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the ordination was at 11 o'clock, as many of our ordinations have been. Mm-hmm. And I remember around 10 o'clock, you know, thinking about that, too. It was very, very warm. Um, and then that after the ordination, we drove back to Aberdeen because I had the first mass the next day. But, you know, Renee, as far as um, what I remember about that mass, I do remember uh, kneeling or uh, prostrating myself for the litany of saints. Mm-hmm. I do remember Bishop Dudley, who was so kind and so outgoing and so on. When it came to mass and the sacraments, he was very serious. And I remember he was very serious. I mean, you know, and which is which is what we need. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is not a joke. This is not a game. Right. This is God's call to you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so I remember the seriousness of that. Um, I remember standing with the bishop and our new priest uh, at the altar to celebrate mass for the first time. Um, and I do, I do remember those things, but I suppose a lot of other things are kind of a blur, but, um, <laughs> it was, a, it was beautiful, but you know, uh, you have, you, I guess you're thinking about so much that, um, you're probably not, maybe at times you don't seem hundred percent peaceful, but the Lord enters in. And I remember thinking the peace of the Holy spirit, you know, coming down for the ordination, mm-hmm. um, and descending, uh, upon us, the, uh, priests who were ordained. So I remember that very well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. How many were in your, your ordination class? We had four. Four. Okay. Four very of us. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Okay. So yeah. you've been a priest for how many years then? 32 years. 32. Um, what has been the biggest blessing of your priesthood so far? You know, I think without question, it's the celebration of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and and may I say with that, it's not to say that all the time that you celebrate the sacraments that it's necessarily a kind of giddiness or a kind of um, lots of uh, expressive, happy feelings and thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, that this is what you're supposed to do. Right. You know, and despite your own, weaknesses, despite any distractions, uh, look, this is, this is what it's about. Right. So I would say that Renee and I, also, I think the opportunity to teach young people has been for me, such a joy and all people, parishioners of all ages, but you know, parish life has been great. I've worked in the 
chancery for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I was in Rome for eight years working in the Vatican, all those things. I never had a bad assignment. I've had some that were especially uh, filled with the crosses. Sure. But that's you a know, nice way of but, saying but, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but but also joyful. I mean, in themselves joyful. Mm-hmm. And you knew this is where you were supposed to be because you're a bishop, your bishop assigned you to that. So that's where you're supposed to be. Right, right. And so, you know, with that in mind, um, I've been grateful for all my assignments and I'm grateful to the uh four bishops whom whom I've been under. Right. Uh, any big First su- Bishop Dudley and Archbishop Carlson, Bishop Swain, and now Bishop oh, DeGroote. Yep, yep. Are there any big surprises that you didn't expect that have happened? Embarrassing moments, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, plenty of those. Um, I, I suppose the one thing I remember was I was just ordained about two years and it was Ash Wednesday. So we were in between masses, and I thought to be helpful. Um, I would pick up this table with the ashes and holy water oh, on no. it in the sanctuary, in the cathedral. The table, I still can see the table. It had a very shiny and smooth surface. So you see what's coming. Sure. Um, <laughs> so the ashes and the holy water, I uh, hit the floor. And I oh, talk about <laughs> embarrassed. Yes, I was very embarrassed. It wasn't during Mass. It was at, be, after Mass and before another Mass. But uh, Father Don Kettler, now Bishop Kettler, was very patient about it, and uh, very kind and very courteous, and we just washed it up the best we could. And yep. uh, But yeah, that was, but you know, as far as surprises, um, I might have to think more about that. Okay. Um, you know, um, I know I remember you, you were uh, in Castlewood at some point, correct? Yes, 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 I was. And that's where yes. I remember you, because that's where I first um, uh, was ex- was exposed to you as a priest. And yeah. um, I think it was actually not, I don't think I was living there then, if I remember right. Do you know what years it was that you were in Castlewood? Yes, I don't think you were living there. Your your uh, mom oh, yeah. was there, I remember <laughs> very well, and your brother. Uh, that would have been 19... Uh, 96 to 97. I was in Cranzburg and Castlewood and yeah. Waverly. Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, Rapid City then, I bet. I believe. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, I remember you then, and and I thought you were great, and you weren't there very long. <laughs> no, I. you know, the, the Bishop Carlson told me about another opening and he wondered about that. And so that's where then I went to Gettysburg and Oneida. I had for about four years, I had some kind of quick assignments. And, you know, actually, I felt as if I were a missionary. Oh, sure. Uh, I felt as if I could go from one place to another and try to contribute something and then move on. Right. And that was good. Yeah. I, you know, that was that was good. Well, and you I, sure got to I, meet I, a lot of people, I bet. Well, I did. <laughs> I've had so many assignments. I think that it's kind of unbelievable when I put them on a piece of paper. I fill, I've filled in a lot of places. I had kind of some temporary assignments uh, when somebody was gone. So it's been great. I've, I've, I've been through the, through, I guess, a lot of the diocese. There may be a couple uh, places where regions where I haven't been, but um, it's been great. Yeah. Good. So uh, as far as your time in Rome, um, can you give us, we have about two and a half, three minutes left. Can you give us just a yes. little bit about what you did there, what that experience was like? 
Yes. In 1992, Bishop Dudley sent me to Rome to study canon law. Mm-hmm. So I was at the Pontifical uh, Gregorian University and studied for a license in canon law. Um, then when I was sent back by Bishop Carlson in 1988, I went to, to the Pontifical um, Marian International Research uh, Faculty, and I was there to study Mariology for okay. two years. Um, then I stayed on once Bishop Carlson was asked to send send a priest to work in the Congregation for Consecrated Life. So for most, almost eight years, I worked in the Vatican in the office that deals with those who profess the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Okay. And that was during John Paul too, right? Yes, that, yes, that's right. John Paul and also Benedict. Sure. So that was 19, that was 2001 to 2008. It was okay. almost eight years. Sure. Wow. That's some good experience. And that actually explains oh, yeah. a lot about um, all the things you know when I've talked to you. <laughs> well, and you know, it's, I can never thank God enough. Um, and uh, being in Rome at the Vatican, you know, um, of course, I suppose people would have uh, different ideas of what that was like. I wouldn't say it was special and necessarily glamorous, sure. but I would say I met uh, great, great people, uh, priests, religious, lay people, uh, some who have you know remained friends and um, just really good folks. Um, and the American priests with whom I lived at Villa Stritch, which is the house in Rome for mm-hmm. the American priests working in the Vatican, some great, great priests. Um, and they're with the diocesan priests there for me, uh, our, our own diocese and the Villa Stritch priests, um, such great examples. Yeah, good. All right. So um, we have uh, 30 seconds or so left. You already had given some advice you would give to uh, someone who was thinking about going to the seminary. Is there any other advice you'd want to offer? I would say, of course, the biggest advice is to receive the sacraments as often as possible. And by that, I mean confession mm-hmm. and Holy Eucharist, uh, to inculcate a devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and also to get to know your pastor, if you haven't, and to get to know your bishop mm-hmm. and offer yourself to the bishop uh, and meet with him in the vocations director and say, I think this is what God is calling to me to do. What, what would you suggest? Right, right. Don't be shy, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, give it a try and see, is this what God wants of me? Yeah. Because as I always say, uh, and usually the priests when I'm talking to them, you can always discern out. So there's, you should have no fear of going to seminary because you can you No, can and it really is, it's really, uh, you know, it's really destined to be able to say, is this what God wants of right. me? Right. It's you important know? to know that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, Monsignor, it was very good to talk to you and learn your story. Um, now I know more about you than I knew before, and I really like that. <laughs> now, I'd let, now, please don't stay away too long. Um, well, know thank you. You'll, you'll be gone, but we look forward. I look forward to you coming back and being back in the diocese at some point. That sounds excellent. I'm so grateful. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you, Renee. God you bless. Mary, keep you. All right. Uh, If you uh, aren't following us on social media already, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at SF Diocese. If you would rather hear these programs on podcast, you can find us on Stitcher and Spotify. Um, And you can always check other places because we are adding as we go. Uh, That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.